Welcome to Roman's Road, the podcast of me, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. What if I told you there's a way to make total strangers come to you in public and start talking to you and then get into an evangelism conversation? Rather than you going to them and trying to strike up a conversation, they actually come to you. Today, I'm going to tell you about the riddle. This is a way of doing public evangelism that has been a great addition to my evangelism toolkit. I've been using it to train Christians from my church to step out in faith and talk to strangers about Jesus, which for most people is a hard thing to do the first time and the second time and the third time, but the riddle makes it a whole lot easier. So in a little bit, I'm going to play a conversation. You're going to see how the riddle works. But first, I want to let you know that you can actually see this riddle, the way I set it up in public, on my blog. If you go to eddyroman.com, go to the blog, and search for the post titled The Riddle. You'll notice one sign. It's just kind of a uh, Photoshop file, and you can print it onto a cardstock or anything. You can get fancy with it, or you can be very simple with it. All you need is a sign. And then the other version I painted with fluorescent paint, and it was lit up by a black light. This is part of my Open Air Campaigners paintboard kit. And so whatever it is, it's it's the riddle itself that draws the attention. So you can see what it looks like on the blog, but since you're probably not looking at the blog right now, I'm just going to tell it to you. Here it is. See if you can figure it out. The man who made it didn't need it. The man who bought it didn't use it. The man who used it didn't know it. What is it? Do you know the answer? One more time. The man who made it didn't need it. The man who bought it didn't use it. The man who used it didn't know it. What is it? So I'm going to tell you the answer in a moment, but just know that when this riddle is on a sign and there's people walking by, they do stop and they try to figure it out and they talk with their friends and they're laughing, they're arguing about it. It's mayhem. Just last week, I had this out at a Christmas festival. And at one point, there were at least 20 people standing around staring at this thing. And what happens is eventually someone comes over. Since they see me standing next to the sign, they figure I'm the guy whose riddle it is. And they say, are you the person I'm supposed to give the answer to? And I say, yes. They ask something like, what do I get if I answer it? And I'll tell them a million dollars. So they try to answer it and some get it right. And when they get it right, I give them a million dollar tract. And they laugh. And if they get it wrong, I tell them to keep trying. And eventually, if they can't get it, I give them a consolation prize, a million dollar track. So either way, they're going to get a track. And it's funny. People have a good time trying to figure it out. So anyway, the answer to this riddle, and again, the riddle is the man who made it didn't need it. The man who bought it didn't use it. The man who used it didn't know it. What is it? It's a coffin. The answer is a coffin. Now remember that word because it's going to be very important for phase two. You can't do this with just any riddle. I suppose you can get people to come around and ask questions, but the word coffin is key to where this is going next. So people come over, they get the answer, either they guess it or you tell it to them and they smile or laugh or they're just satisfied. It's just fun. And then I go to phase two. Okay. I throw out the question. The answer is coffin. And now I'm going to use that to transition from the natural into the spiritual. And then so I say, 
Yeah, we're just a group of Christians out here asking people, what do you think happens after you enter the coffin? And you will be amazed at how easy it is to get into conversations using this method. And that really is all there is to it. I've done this many times in many different settings, and it never fails to get me into witnessing conversations. This riddle never lets me down. I'll take it out with a group of people, and right before I put it up, I'll say to them, okay, I'm about to unleash the riddle. And the second this goes up, people are just going to come over. You ready? And they say yes. And as soon as that thing is up, instant crowd. It's crazy. It really works. So you can use a riddle just to pass out tracks or to get into conversations. And I'm going to play a conversation in just a moment. But again, when people answer, you give them the million dollar tract. And those are available at livingwaters.com. So now I'm going to play some audio from a recent riddle adventure. This was at Balboa Park at their December Nights event. First, some giving out of tracks and then some conversations. Just want to apologize ahead of time for any audio that might be difficult to hear. I had a microphone on me, a little lapel mic um, right on my chest, and I was standing close enough to people to where you can hear what they're saying. Little difference in volume, you'll notice, but for the most part, you can hear everything pretty clearly. So let's give it a listen. All right, so the riddle is up. There are, let's see, one, two, three groups of people currently looking at it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk up to each group and start uh, interacting with them. Did you figure it out? No, I'm barely reading it. Okay, all right. What's that? Me. Uh, all right, first contestant. And his answer is me. The man who used you didn't know it. No, I don't, I don't know. Did someone buy you? Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got some yeah, secrets see. here, huh? So, so, so here, this, is, this isn't the answer, but that's a clue. So I am pointing at the word death with a little question mark next to it that's on the riddle. But that's a clue. Life? No, so, so it's, it's not a concept. It's something you could actually touch. It's a, a physical thing. Ma coffee. Made out of matter. Coffee. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So so we are. Oh, that makes sense. See. Oh, oh yeah. I it's get it. Because <laughs> the man who who used it didn't know it. He's, That's he's right. Because he's dead. All right, man. All right, take care, you guys. Have a good one. All right. So they answered it, and they were basically walking away as they were answering it, kind of laughing at each other and stuff, and so. You know, I'm going to let them go. There are so many people around that I am going to just kind of hang out and wait for someone who's interested to stay there. And that's a great thing about going to an area where there's a lot of people around. So whether that be a beach or a city center or just wherever there's a lot of people, 10 people might reject you and not want to talk to you. But at some point, someone's going to stop. Now, people have a lot of fun with this thing. You're going to hear a lady answer it, and then her friend is going to get very excited. Hey, riddles are fun. All right, here comes a guy who's going to ask me to give him a hint. You give me a hint? Yeah. Uh, so, so the hint's on the board, death. So death I is... I knew it. I knew that was a hint. That's a hint. It's I not... knew it was oh, a good. hint. Oh, good. Okay. But I was saying, I was like, why did he put death there? I was like, you gotta See, be, you it's gotta a hint. What do you think so far right now? What, what's your answer? 
Oh no, I can't. I can't okay. wrap my head around it. I've been trying to. So I'll, I'll give. I'll give you another clue. It's not. It's not a concept. Mm -hmm. It's. A, it's a thing. Like you could touch this thing. It's. A, it's. Okay. A, it's. A, it's. It's made out of matter. Okay. Because people come up and they're like, life, death. Yeah, I thought. I thought Jesus. it was life at first too. Yeah. Like, so. All right, keep, keep, keep thinking. I will. So that's the security guard. He's going to be hanging around for a while, so hopefully I'll get to talk to him again. Did you figure it out? No? You figure it out? So I'll, I'll give you a hint. So the hint's on the board. It says death. So that, that's not the answer, but that's a clue. No, so, so it's, this is actually it's a thing. You could touch this thing. It's, it's not like a concept. It's an actual thing made out of matter so so keep 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 trying <laughs> what's that yeah that works good job here you win a million dollars now when this sign is up there will be different groups gathered around. So there might be two people walking by and they stop. And then there might be a group of five friends and they stop. So this really lends itself to a good outreach for a lot of people at your church to be involved in. So, you know, if, whenever I take this thing out, all the people I bring are busy. They're going from group to group and they're talking and engaging with people and they're getting into conversations. So, this really is a great way to do a lot of one-to-one -one evangelism in a very small area where your group can stay together. Did you figure it out? Good job. You get a million dollars. All right, little kid figured it out, got really happy, ran away, but that's not the last of them. Oh yeah? Okay. All right, I, I believe you. There you go, bud. Now, this is kind of a funny thing about giving away tracks. People will come and ask for more, at least good tracks. People will come and they'll want more. Can I, you know, kids often ask, can I get one for my brother or for my mom or whoever? So just kind of neat. And so even though this kid's got two, this isn't the last we're going to see of him. We'll, we'll hear from him again in a little while. Okay. So if you wanted to just do this just to give out tracks and, and maybe give out information from your church, you just heard how easy it is to do that. But the strength of this riddle really is just the easy ability to get into conversations. I'm going to do that right now. Will you tell us or we just have to figure it out? So, okay, so no. So th this is a clue. That's not the answer. Yeah, so it's it's not a concept. It's not like love. It's it's something you could it's a, it's a thing, yeah. It's it's made out of matter. All right, so you got a couple here. They're looking at each other. They're trying to figure it out. They're having fun. Coffin. Very good. Yes. Ooh, the lady got it first. What's that? Yeah, good job. Here, you win. You win a million dollars. Here you go. So, Thank so, you. Yeah. So, so we're, we're just uh, a group of Christians asking people, what do you think happens after you go into the coffin? Oh, okay. So, yeah. You guys ever think about that? Your hair still grows, your nails still grows. Yeah, for how long? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> I, know, I know there's one story about this old man. Uh, his wife passed away. Uh-huh. And um, he had a nightmare. 
that she was still alive and he buried his wife alive. But she died. And he made them dig her back up. When they dug her back wow. up, there were scratches all in the coffin of her trying to get out. Oh. It's a cool story. Now, why, why'd, you, why'd you tell me that? You're going to give me nightmares. Yeah, that story. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no. But I was just like, that's so awful. Pretty crazy. <laughs> what a way to go. When you do street evangelism, you really do learn something new every day. That's horrible. Well, she died, though. Yeah. She was gone. So it's just like terrible. crazy how he had a nightmare about that. All right, so it's a fun conversation, but this guy is not thinking about the afterlife at all. The last thing on his mind is spiritual stuff. So I'm going to ask another question and try to get there. Do you think there's a afterlife? Anything I'm like not that? Sure. No. If there is, I hope it's like your own personal world, how you want it. Yeah. So I totally be dog there. <laughs> I'm learning more about this guy. He either doesn't want to think about it or he thinks it's all a joke. Because he just said that in the afterlife, he wants to be Darth Vader. I have powers. The world will have powers. One interesting thing that happens often is you got a couple people together. And even though one might be totally opposed to spiritual things, oftentimes the other one isn't. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah? I would hope that there's an afterlife that's something that all of this amounts to. It makes, for sure. it makes sense that this wouldn't just be like a bunch of random nothing, yeah. right? You become the earth, pretty much. Become, you become the earth. You, you'll decompose. Decompo okay, you'll so decompose yeah, so yeah. To the, to the, like a tree. F physically, def definitely. Yeah. I, I agree on that. But the consciousness, I don't know whatever else. Yeah. Have you, have you guys heard the, uh, the Christian take on what happens? Okay, so that's a very easy, direct question to get you right to it, you know? Have you guys heard the Christian version of the afterlife? Or have you guys heard what the Bible says about life after death? Just a question. Do, do you mind if I give it to you in the, in the short short version? Okay. So, so the, the uh, he, he's like getting all my, all my million dollars. He keeps coming back. Um, did you want another one? Did you want another one? Yeah. He's got like 90 brothers now. No. Um, here you go. Take two. So, uh. So yeah, the, quick, the quickest way that, that I like to explain it to people is to ask you guys some questions. They just, they just kind of clarify things, make, make it personal, and, it, and it's just a very, very easy way that I explain things. Okay, so, so uh, would, you, would you consider yourself to be a good person? I try my hardest to be. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you some questions, and we're gonna find out if that's true. I'm not gonna judge you. Okay. You guys are gonna judge yourself, okay? Okay. How many lies do you think you told in your whole life? Probably a lot. <laughs> what, what, what do you call someone who's told too many lies? Huh? What do you What do you call someone? She got it. What do you call lies. someone who's told too many lies? Have you ever Have you ever stolen something, even something small? Oh, I guess like yeah. Downloaded stuff off the off the internet. You should have yeah. paid for oh, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. So what do you, What do you call someone who steals things? Thief. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Whether Whether you believe in him or not. Okay. So, so that's called uh, blasphemy. Basically, it's it's using the name of our Creator in a in a disrespectful way. Okay, have you ever hated someone or been angry at someone? Hated no. <laughs> been angry yes. Okay. Uh, not not at this no, exact not, moment, not, is well, it? No, <laughs> I don't think I've ever hated anyone, but I've 
do have some strong dislikes. Yeah, so when I brought up anger, he got very serious and was kind of looking off in the distance. And at that moment, I was glad that he wasn't angry at me. You have some anger, anger issues. Just no, disliking. I wouldn't call them anger issues. I okay. control myself. But All right. I just have, you know, people do bad things and I just like. Yeah. Just, you know, it gets to me. Okay. So, yeah. From from the look on your face, it seemed like that's the one that just hit you the hardest on, yeah. <laughs> on that one. Yeah. So, uh, a couple people popped in my head. Okay. All right. So, so uh, Jesus, one of the things he said, he said, you know, you're not supposed to murder anyone, but I say to you, if you've had anger in your heart towards someone, you've committed murder in your heart. So that's, that's how high his standard is. See, our, our standard for right or wrong is, is pretty low. We let ourselves get away with all kinds of stuff. But God's standard is... is uh, Hi. So, so what I've been doing is I've been going through the, the Ten Commandments. You guys, you guys heard of those? You're familiar with that? You shall not lie. You shall not steal. You shall not use God's name in vain. So, so that's known as God's law, right? And so the Bible says that God is going to judge us, all right? So I can't judge you guys, but you've just admitted to being liars and thieves and blasphemous and murderers heart. And there's, there's a whole bunch more. And the Bible actually says that all of us have sinned. All of us fall short of the, of the glory of God, all right? And so that's our problem, is that from God's point of view, we, we're, we're all guilty. So a lot of people, when they do evangelism, they stay as far away as they can from telling anyone that they're a sinner. And that's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm doing it a way to where they can understand it. I'm doing it in a way, hopefully, where they don't see me as condemning them or being mean to them or anything like that. I'm just kind of laying it out. Here's what the Bible says, and here's why you are a sinner, basically. It's important that people understand that they're sinners, because if they don't, they won't understand why they need a Savior. If you go up to someone and the first and only thing you say is, God loves you, well, depending on what they already believe about God and themselves and the world and whether or not sin even exists, to them, that could mean, hey, God loves me, so I'm fine. God loves me, so I can continue doing whatever I want to do. God loves me, and I've heard this one so many times, so he must think that whatever I'm doing, as long as I'm doing it the best I can, then I'm doing good. And I don't know where that came from, but that is such a popular common view. You know, all the time I'll have people say, well, I know that I'm doing my best in life and that could mean anything. I know that my heart is okay with me. Therefore, I'm all right with God. That's such a common view. So what I need to do every time I talk to anyone, I just want to establish, first of all, the reason they need a savior. I'm going to get to the savior but they need to understand why they need him first. All right, so let me ask you this. If God was to judge you based on what we've just looked at, would he see you as innocent or would he, would he see you as guilty? Guilty. Guilty. Makes sense, right? If it was only based on those and not based on all the Great, good. great point. Uh, well, okay, so you mean, you mean the good that you've done? Yes. Okay. All right, so she's saying, if it was only based on that, yeah, then I'd be guilty. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe this person actually knows the gospel. Because if it's only based on that and not on the cross, then yeah, but that's not what she's saying. She's saying if it was only based on the bad things and not on all the good things I've done, well, then yeah, I'd be guilty. So here's how I deal with that one. 
breaking God's law is basically like, um, it'd be the same as c committing a, a, a crime against God in a sense. So if, if, if us three were to, to steal a car, and we're really bad thieves, and we don't get away with it, and we get caught, and all of a sudden we're standing before a judge in court, and the judge says, what do you have to say for yourself? We say, Your Honor, I've done a whole lot of good stuff. I've done charity, I've done all kinds of good stuff. The, the, the judge can say, well, that might be true, but that has nothing to do with the fact that you, you violated the law. In the same way, when we stand before God, it's not like he weighs our good versus our, our bad. You know, a lot, a lot of religions teach that. The Bible would, would say that any amount of sin, that deserves a punishment. And so that's why the Bible says things like, all of us fall short of the, the glory of God. Okay? There's, there's not a righteous person anywhere. Some people are better than others, but all of us have sinned before God. You think of the Ten Commandments kind of like a chain. If one link breaks, the whole thing falls apart, right? So it's not a matter of God grading us on a curve. We deserve to be judged by Him. Okay, so that, that's the bad news. So let me ask you this. Does it concern you at all that if God was to judge you, that He would find you guilty? Does it concern me? Yeah. I don't believe I am. I guess my view is I wholeheartedly believe I'm a good person. Okay. I may have stolen a pencil or, you know, told a little white lie. Yeah. I'm a good person at heart. Right. I give to others. I take care of others. Yeah. I genuinely feel love for others. Sure. I don't have hate in my heart for anyone, even those who have done real wrong to me. Yeah. I have hate for them. Yeah. I, I wish them good. Sure. And I think at the end of the day, I'm a good person. All right, this woman has just expressed what many people, possibly most people, think about themselves when it comes to sin and God's justice. And every once in a while, you'll hear people say stuff like, you know what, that atheist is actually so much a better person than my Christian friends. Or, you know, these Mormons over here, they're nicer than most of the Christians I know. And when people talk like that, they're basically showing the same mindset as this woman. And that is, they have no idea how wicked their sin is before a holy God. Just to say, for instance, that an atheist is better than any Christian. Well, that's absolutely ridiculous because an atheist is someone who is breaking pretty much all the commandments. They're definitely breaking the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me, because an atheist does have a god, and that god is himself or herself. And so to say that someone can be an atheist and they're good, well, sure, they might be a good citizen in, in different ways, but an atheist absolutely deserves to go straight to hell for being an enemy of God. It's ridiculous. Don't ever say that an atheist is a better person than anyone because it's, it's just not true. It just shows a lack of understanding. And if you're an atheist and you're listening to this, I just want you to understand something. Christians do not believe that God looks at the world and he sees the Christians and he says, oh, those are the good people. And then he looks at the atheists or anyone else and says, oh, those are the bad people. No, from God's point of view, every person, regardless of what religion or non-religion they refer to themselves as, they are evil and they are wicked. And compared to the righteousness of God, every single person deserves God's judgment and punishment. There is not one righteous person among us. We as humans, we can look around and say, oh, look, that person is better than that person. 
and that person over there is way worse than that one, you know, but from God's perspective, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. So this lady might actually be a lot better of a person than other people she knows, but she doesn't understand the righteousness required to enter heaven. Okay, she might be better than some people, but she's not good enough to get to heaven. I'm a good person. Well, that, that's that's commendable. I'd rather have you as a neighbor than someone else as a neighbor. So, so that that that's that's for sure. Okay. So, how do you deal with someone who thinks that they are good enough to get to heaven? Well, I'm about to do that right now, and I'm hoping that this lady doesn't get really upset because what I'm about to say it could really shock a proud person. So, let's see what this lady does. So, according to the Christian perspective, what you've just done is violated another one of God's commands, which, which basically be, we're not supposed to be self-righteous. We're not supposed to be so proud that we think that we're better than we are. Now, I'm, a, I'm not going to argue with you. You're probably a great, a great woman, you know? And, and the fact that you're not cussing me out right now, that's, that's, that's good too. But, but the, the, uh, again, the issue is based on God's perspective. Yeah, so she's basing her goodness on her perspective. Let's bring it back to God's perspective. God's, God has said things like, no liar will enter the kingdom of God. No thief. You know, so so even though this, those things so I've mentioned... How do you mentioned, make up for all those little rocks? Yeah. How do you make up for all those little rocks, those little pebbles in your shoe? You know, let's not call it sin. Let's let's just call it little uh, little obstacles. It's kind of funny. Great, great question. And that's, that's exactly where this is going. Because like I said... You don't have to teach a baby at all. Kids, how? kids, children. Yeah, I got one, four of them. Two, yeah. and, and, and whether it's a little like, no, I didn't do it, you know. Yeah. You consider that because you did do it. Yeah. And I saw you do it. No, one, I saw you. no one had to teach me how to steal candy out of 7-Eleven. I, I, I did it all right by myself, yeah. right? Interesting. So the lady has been doing most of the talking, but the guy's been listening the whole time. And now we're talking about sin, and he brings up the fact that everybody sins, and even babies sin. I thought that was interesting. I actually bring that up once in a while when we're talking about sin and original sin and the fact that everyone sins. So it was interesting that he brought it up. So she had asked, how can we get rid of these little pebbles? In other words, how can we make up for our sin? How can we cleanse ourselves? That's the question of the ages. That's what so many religions deal with. They try to teach you how to cleanse yourself. And the Bible answer is very different. We can't cleanse ourselves. And so that's what I'm going to communicate right now. Okay, so, so how can we make up for it? We can't. In, our, in and of ourselves, we can't. We can never make up for all the wrongs we've done. We can't repay back what we've done, okay? All of us deserve to be punished because we're guilty. We stand guilty before holy God. Okay, that's the bad news. The good news is that 2,000 years ago, God, out of his mercy, he basically made a way for guilty sinners to be redeemed. See, our, gave his son. So our, our problem when we stand before God is we don't have enough righteousness. And so even though you've probably done a lot of good, you haven't done good every single time you've ever had an opportunity to, to, to do good, right? Like if you've given 50 bucks to a charity, you didn't give 51 bucks, you know? So, so it's like we're hopeless as, as far as that goes. So God, he basically provided a payment for our sin. So again, our, our problem is we don't have enough righteousness to enter into heaven. Jesus Christ, he was fully righteous. Basically, 
He was God. He came to earth in the form of a man. He lived the perfect life, fulfilled all righteousness, never sinned. And then he was punished for sin, but not for his own sin. He took the punishment of all those who will believe in him. And so to believe in Jesus, it doesn't just mean you like, you think that he existed or you, or you agree that he existed. You're trusting in what he did. Basically, you're saying, I know I could never be good enough to stand before a holy God. That's why I need a savior. You know, I love explaining the gospel. So many people, they've heard that Jesus died on a cross. Maybe they heard it in church. They just heard it somewhere along the line. But few people, at least that I talk to, really understand how that applies to them. They don't understand why that happened or what it meant. And so I love explaining that, you know? And even though I might not see a conversion on the spot, just the fact that this person now understands the gospel at least better than they did the day before, hopefully the Holy Spirit's going to use that and they're going to be thinking about it. And when you put your faith in Christ, basically the way God looks at you now would be, he's no longer looking at you and your sin, me and my sin. He's looking at the perfect righteousness of his son, right? Because your sin has been placed on him and his righteousness has been given to you. So the righteousness of God, it's like it goes into your account. So like if you wanted to buy a house, in La Jolla. Yeah, we're in San Diego. La Jolla is a very expensive beach community. So like if you wanted to buy a house in La Jolla, right on the shore there, that'd be a lot of money. I don't know how much money you got. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you, you couldn't do it because you don't have enough money. But if someone else, a really rich person said, you know what, I'm just going to put all this money into your account. Well, then you could buy the house because the money's there. It has nothing to do with you. You didn't earn it. It was a free gift. And in the same way, God offers the free gift of, of complete righteousness through the death and resurrection of his son. That's what it means when someone puts their faith in Jesus Christ. It's not that we're trying to be good enough and then we kind of like believe in him to make up for it. Because uh, that's what a lot of re religions teach. You got to be as good as you can. And then Jesus kind of fulfills the rest or, or something like that. Or even worse, you know, some religions teach you can be good enough to enter in his presence. That's impossible. None of, none of us are that good. None of us are, nobody's perfect, right? We don't have enough righteousness to stand before holy God. That's why we need a savior, right? And, and the way that we receive that or accept that is to turn from our, our sin and that begins in our mind. And, and that, that could be as simple as thinking that we're good enough, think, thinking that everything's just gonna be fine and the big homeboy in the sky is just gonna let me, let me in or, or anything that goes against what the Bible says, turn from our sin and put our trust in Jesus Christ and, and what he did on the cross. Died on the cross and rose from the dead and fulfilled all righteousness. And so that's what's known as the gospel. That's, that's the Christian message. All right? You have been very good listeners. What, 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 are, you, what are you thinking? A lot. Okay. serious. I mean, I would consider myself a very religious person. Uh, I was telling her this actually a while ago. Uh, well, not a while ago, a couple of days ago. But... <laughs> Just like, um, I view that you should just live your life and do as much good as possible. You know, you know, you can help wherever you're helping. You, know, yeah. you can, you have to support yourself, you know. You can give to the homeless, you can give the clothes off your back, but you still have to make yourself at least livable. You know, you have to have your own yeah. stuff. And then, totally. So you have to, you have to help yourself before you help somebody else. So when you're okay, you can like give to others and you can do what you can, you can advice, whatever, whatever it may be to get someone, you know, through a tough time. 
how about that? He says, I've never been a religious person. And then he goes on to describe his self-made religion. Kind of funny. Growing up, my mom would call me a healer. She says I attract uh, damaged people. <laughs> uh, not all the time, but she said growing up, I would always find these friends that always needed help with something. And then whenever they got like what they needed, they would go because they didn't need me anymore. But they never knew why I would huh. stop being friends. Interesting. And my mom would say it's because you're a healer. You just naturally just help people. Like, being a, them being around you just made everything 50 times better. I never understood it until like recently. Right. And I understood it. And like even now, sometimes I just realize I just help people, even where I, like I don't talk to them for like a year. You know, something I said to them way back when, you know, help yeah. them out. So, you know, I just go by that. I just yeah. do what I can. Now, some Christians right here, they might start talking about healing and how this person is definitely not a healer, or maybe if they are a healer, it might be under demonic power or something like that. But, um, you know, I don't really see the need to do that. And I definitely ain't going to be talking about nobody's mama. So uh, I'm just going to move on. There's a lot of things that I'm going to hear and I'm not really going to address because the main thing I want is just for this guy to understand the gospel. So conversation goes on, we're talking a little bit more, and the uh, the woman, she kind of keeps coming back to good works and her version of what she thinks is right. You've had people treat you wrong. You yeah. know it doesn't feel good, right? obviously. Yeah. And to be able to put something that's the opposite of that, yeah. goodness, positivity, feels good. And you know, it's, you know what's really interesting is we live in a world that basically says, do what you feel is right, and whatever is right for you, you should, you should do, right? But if you take that out to the logical conclusion, um, that, that, that means the bank robber. He feels that's right. Why should he work all the time when he can just do this, you know? And, and so morality, what's right or wrong, even though most people, I would say, Absolutely, that's it. And that's what, that's what the Ten Commandments are. All right, so she used the word standard. She understands that there's a standard. And now she knows there's a difference between her standard and God's standard. So that's great. So I'm totally glad that you are a good citizen, right? <laughs> we don't like bad citizens. But at, at the same time, we have to measure ourselves from God's perspective, not, not just our own. So... What do you what do you what do you think about that? You just you just taking it in. Okay, well I, I appreciate like that. Those those type of conversations, it doesn't. You can't just think about it for a couple of minutes and be done with yeah. it. Yeah. These type of thoughts that would just linger. Yeah. For a, no, a absolutely. So, so you just you just think about your life, I guess. Yeah. What you really do. Man, that's a great point. So this guy's basically saying, well, you've just told me a lot. It's not like I can make a quick decision right on the spot. It's a lot to think about. And I appreciate that. And that goes right along with the biblical concept of sowing seed. You sow seeds, God does the rest. It also goes along with the biblical concept of we preach the gospel, God brings the increase. So don't ever be discouraged when you preach the gospel and in your eyes, nothing happens. You have no idea what people are thinking. You just don't. So preach the gospel, do your job, and let God do the rest. Can Thank I you. can I leave you folks with a, a little booklet? It just kind of talks about what what I've talked about. It's small. Sure. All right, let me grab it. All right, I always end a conversation by leaving a gospel track with someone. And you heard the guy's voice. He doesn't really want to take it. He's kind of apprehensive. Maybe he's thinking, okay, what's this guy about to give me? Is this the part when I get indoctrinated into his cult? 
I don't know what he's thinking. So anyway, from his reaction, I kind of got the hint that he's not going to be into reading anything um, big and of substance. So I'm going to hand him a good person comic book track. I'll give you the easy to read version, all, all right? right? There, there you go. go. All right, thank hey, you. thank you so much. Oh, I really appreciate your time. Nice all right. God bless you too. Well, there you have it. The riddle that leads to life. Now it's your turn. Give it a try. Go out, do this, take photos, and send them to me through my website, eddyroman.com. I will give a copy of Search and Rescue to the first three people that send me pictures of themselves doing this. And it can't just be you with the sign. You got to actually be talking to someone that you don't know. Okay? Be honest. You're a Christian. The first three people that try this and send a report back along with either photos or a video, you will get a free book and I will post the winners on my blog. Now, if you go out and try this and you run into like a gang of angry atheists and you have a really bad experience with the riddle, well, sorry, that's not my fault. If you've learned anything from this episode or if you've enjoyed this podcast in any way, please give it a good review on iTunes. This is the best way for other people to notice Romans Road and give it a listen. The more Christians we have learning about evangelism and the more evangelism taking place, the more we glorify the Lord. Do you like books? You should, because readers are leaders. And right now, you can win about $1,000 worth of theology and evangelism books, CDs, and thumbnail drive materials. The Christian podcast community is having an amazing giveaway. All you got to do is go to my blog, eddyroman.com, and look for the blog post titled Theology and Evangelism Giveaway. And you can enter, you can actually enter a bunch of different times. It's kind of a cool way to do a contest, but the winner is going to get a whole lot of stuff, basically a whole new library of great books. And so you can see the titles and, um, you know, the rules and all that stuff on the blog post, Theology and Evangelism Giveaway, the blog post at eddyroman.com. But you got to promise me that if you do win this thing, you actually read the books and then go out and evangelize because you'll know a whole lot of stuff. All right. So this is December and I am getting super busy with family and ministry and all kinds of stuff. And so I'm going to be taking a break from this podcast. Probably won't do another episode till sometime in late January or so. So see you next year. Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road with Eddie Roman. And when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free. And by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com. Com. Thanks for listening to Romans Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. Yeah.